First Chronicles chapter number 15, verse number 25, the Bible says this. So David and the elders of Israel and the captains over the thousands went up to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy. And it came to pass when God helped the Levites that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams. And David was clothed with the robe of fine linen and all the Levites that bear the ark and the singers and Chaniah the master of the song with the singers. And David had also had upon him an ephod of linen Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting, with, with the sound of the cornet, with the trumpets, with the cymbals, making a noise with psaltery and harps. And it came to pass, as the ark of the covenant the Lord came to the city of David, that Michael, the daughter of Saul, looking out a window, saw King David dancing and playing, and she despised him. In her heart, let's pray. Lord, we come to you. We're so glad to be in this place. And Lord, thank you for your word. I'm glad uh, for it, Lord. And I'm just glad for a place to come. That people that love you, Lord, I appreciate you. You're so good to us. We ought to just worship you tonight. I'm thankful for you, Lord. And God, I pray you give me some unction to preach. Touch us tonight, we pray. Help us to effectively communicate the word of God. Speak to us, Lord, and, and use us. And I pray, Lord, if someone's lost to get saved, I pray you'd help the believer tonight. And Lord, we be sure to thank you and praise you for all you do. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now in verse 25, I want you to notice that last little phrase there. It says when they were bringing it up and it said, with joy. And I want to preach on this thought tonight, being barren of joy. I'm going to look at Michael here. Uh, this is Saul's daughter, and I want to talk about her for a second. Uh, but, but I want to say a few things, but I want you to notice uh, as we look here, there's a lot of good things going on in this chapter, but someone's missing out on the joy that is there. And, and, and I use that word barren because you'll find that uh, because of this, she was barren of children the rest of her life. But there's a lot of times I believe if we're not careful, we're empty of the joy that we should have in the Lord. The Bible teaches us some important truths about joy. Now, happiness and joy are two different things. Though in some ways they are very much alike, they are different. Happiness, happiness is derived from happenings. Uh, you say, well, I'm happy. Well, you're happy because something good happened. But you can also be unhappy because something bad happened. And, and you see that we can change like that. But joy comes from the unchanging promises of the Word of God. That's why, which you can see people in unhappy times, and I thought, Don, as your testimony singing with your mom, and you thought how when she would say that the Lord will take care of me, it wasn't a happy time in the sense of what she was going through, but there was joy in knowing that God was going to take care of her. And may I say, there's times I've been at the, I've been at the bedside of some saints of God that were getting ready to leave this world, and I'm talking, it wasn't happy, but I'm telling there was a joy inside of them and you say well where does that come from how can we have that because joy listen to me joy uh, though we may be in a situation where the happenings are not favorable the promises of God are unchanging so we can always be joyful and the Bible tells us a lot about joy. Now, I can't cover it all if I did I'd preach till tomorrow morning y'all don't want that but I'm off work tomorrow so I could Y'all pray for me. Y'all got to get a little bit more engaged. Laugh on that or I will. 
But notice a few things about joy. Nehemiah 8 and 10, the Bible said, For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Can I say something to you? The joy that you have in Jesus Christ and the Word of God is a strength to you. I'm talking about it'll help us through the days and the things that we face and in the hour that we're living in, the, all that we can talk about, 1 Timothy 13, hey, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We can still have joy, and we should, going through to the end. It's a strength. If you read the book of Nehemiah, you'll see that they were laboring, they were fighting and working at the same time, a sword in one hand, a shovel in the other, but they had joy and they kept going on. We can do the same thing, church. Galatians 5 and 22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. May I say, joy is a fruit of the Spirit that all believers can experience. Now, everybody that's been born again can have joy. Can. Should. If we don't, it's on us. Because God wants us to be joyful. 1 John 1 and 4, John writing and he says, These things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Can I say, a purpose of the scriptures is that we have a full joy. I thought about Paul. Think about this. There's a whole book of the Bible that's written from a jail cell of an innocent man. We're not talking about a guilty prisoner. We're talking about somebody innocent. The only thing he was guilty of was living for God. But it was written from a jail cell. And do you know what the focus of the book is? Christian joy. Writing with the shackles shaken as his pen was going, he was telling us to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He even wrote in Acts 20 and 24 as he was headed to Jerusalem and they prophesied that the person's girdle that had this was, was going to be taken in and things was going on. And he said, listen, they could take my life. He's ready for that. But he says in verse 24, he said, he's not going to be moved by these things. And he has said, so that I might finish my course with joy. You say, what are you trying to tell me? Being a joyful Christian should matter to you. We should want to be joyful because God wants us to be joyful. The ability for us to be joyful never changes. But our joy will be impacted by our decisions and our actions. And what I mean by that is simply this. There's no reason we ain't full of joy all the time. We have the source of joy that we need, the Holy Ghost, the Scriptures. But I want you to notice this. If we're not full of joy, it's because the decisions that we make. And I believe if we look here in our passage of Scripture, we can take a few things from Michael and look at her life and see there may be some things that impacted her not being joyful in a time that this chapter right here I'm talking about is, is so important in the Word of God. Because what happened prior to this was a, uh, is what we're seeing today in the land. And you, you say, well, what is happening? Well, they tried to get God's presence by doing, getting it in a way that God didn't tell them to. And let me say something to you. It don't work that way. You got to do it God's way. And this chapter, they got it right. They started doing it God's way. And it was a very important thing. But I want you to notice a few things. As we come to this text, we see a time of joy 
But we find at least one person whose heart was missing joy. And I want to go through this chapter, and I might preach in 25 minutes. Y'all just pray. It's, it's, I'm feeling so good in here, but I want to help you tonight. But I want to show you a few things that may impact your joy tonight. Notice verse number 3. First thing I believe that impacted her joy was that she missed the meeting. Look at verse number 3. David gathered all Israel together to Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord unto his place which he had prepared for it. Now if you keep reading down through these chapters, David's getting everybody in order to go get this ark. He's putting the priests and the Levites and the singers. And you'll go down and you'll read in verse number 28 and it seems like that there was a certain host that actually went in to get the ark. But in verse number 28, everybody came and said, Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Here's what I want you to realize is they had all were there for the meeting, but Michael missed out on the meeting. You say, what are you trying to say? Can I say, when you miss the meeting in the house of God, it's going to negatively impact your joy. Listen to me, friends. Coming to God's house faithfully will help you live outside of his house. Don't think that you can come just a few times or hit or miss a little bit or get a one-third. Now, I know that there are times that we literally cannot be here. Listen to me. If you're deathly ill and you're contagious, stay home and watch it on Facebook. But when you get to clearance, get back in here and get in God's house. But can I say, I believe with all my heart, if we're not faithful to the house of God... We're not going to have the joy of the Lord in our hearts that we ought to. She missed the meeting. All of Israel gathered together. I mean, this was an exciting time. Them first two verses that you read there, David realized they went and did this before. They didn't ask God. But somehow between the chapters when they got here, David realized, hey, we ought to go to the Word of God. And he realized, hey, nobody ought to touch that ark but God's men that he's designated. And I mean, it started getting on. I mean, this, right, this chapter right here is talking about a revival. I mean, listen to me. You know what that ark was? It was, the, it was a picture of the presence of God. This is where in the tabernacle in the temple where God would meet man. Every year they'd bring that blood in. And every year it would roll that away. They would roll that one year back. Their sins were, listen, the blood of bulls and goats never took away their sin. It just knocked them off for one more year. There was one coming that was. And that ark was a picture of that. And listen, it meant everything. It was in the center of the city, the temple. The tabernacle was the center. And listen, this was in the most holy place. It was I mean, it was everything to them. It was sad that it wasn't there for the years that it was. Saul never had any care to bring it back in. But David wanted to. And you know what Michael did? She missed the meeting. She missed the service. She missed the revival. She missed the Sunday school. Hey, can I say something to you? You ought to come to Sunday school in here. Yeah, man, I'm still, Ace is still happy. You ought to come to Sunday school. I'm exerting you right now. You ought to come to Sunday school. Hey, you ought to come to Bible study on Wednesday night. Can I say something to you? Hey, there is, there is some things in your life that is important, but if you'll get there doing that, God will make sure you get the right things in order. Hey, man, I'm, I'm preaching real good right now. I'm, this is happy preaching right here. Listen to me. She missed the meeting. If we're not careful... One of the great dangers that we have. Remember the joy of the Lord is our strength. If our joy gets down, and there's times we can't be here, I understand that, and God knows that I believe with all my heart when we can't be here, God can sustain us. I believe that with all my heart. But if we miss for any other reason when we should or could be here, it does impact our joy. And she missed the meeting. 
And I'm telling you what, when you're out of God's house, you start getting less on joy, you can start filling up with other things, like bitterness and anger and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, I'm talking about, listen, if something's going to fill it up in there, yeah, man, your heart's going to be full of something. But she missed the meeting. Look at verse 13. Not only did she miss the meeting, but she missed the heating. Now notice what happened here. I'll talk about this. For because ye did it not at first, this is David speaking, the Lord our God made a breach upon us for that we sought him not after the due order. Now I want you to notice something. David wasn't preaching, but what he was telling them was he was giving them instruction on how they were to get the ark back from the scriptures of the word of God. And you know what Michael missed out on? She missed out on instruction from God's word. She was at home when she should have been hearing the instruction. And listen to me, this is a great big deal right here because we need to be sure we get it right. That ought to matter to us. I mean, it ought to matter to us. And listen, in here they had all the right intentions but the wrong method, and it don't work that way. And here they got it right, and I'm talking about, listen, it got so good that God even showed up. Amen. But she missed the heating. The Bible, listen to me, the Bible is, the so- is a source of our joy. If you're, let me, listen to me, don't get upset with me, but if you're not regularly in your Bible, you're not regularly joyful. Man, that was quiet. But I'm right. If you're going to be joyful in the Lord and have joy, joy is based on the unchanging promises of God. That's why we so often need to hear and read over. You know God repeats himself not because he has a struggle, but because I do. We've been going through Genesis. We finally finished going through the life of Abraham. How many times did God remind Abraham of the same covenant? Over and over. When he failed, when he obeyed, God reminded him of the covenant. Why was that? Because, listen, that was his strength, was in reminding and remembering the word of God. Listen, friend, our joy is tied to the word of God. Michael missed out on the instruction from God's word. Listen, the hearing of the word and the heeding to the word is always good for the believer's joy. Obedience to the scriptures makes a joyful Christian. Jeremiah 15, 16, Jeremiah said this. He said, thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me joy and the rejoicing of mine heart. So what he said first was the word was unto him joy, and followed the joy was the rejoicing. Rejoicing, when you see that word, that's the eruption of the joy that's in the heart. So when Paul was saying rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice, he was saying be full of the joy of the Lord and it'll come out. And he said fill her up again and it'll come out again. I'm talking about we need to be joyful Christians. She missed the heeding of God's word. They were giving out instruction. They were giving guidance from God. And she missed out on the word of God. May I say if you're missing out on the word of God, you're missing out on being a joyful believer believer look at verse 25 so David and the elders of Israel and the captains over the thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of Obed-Edom with joy you know that ark I'll never forget the first time I ever heard Alan Stewart preach 
We were we come to Roxalana. We were down. Y'all had him. It was down at the old church before we had been coming here. We come up and hear him, and he preached on the passage out of out of Chronicles. And I'll never forget. He was talking about how when the ark was at Obed Edom's house, that the, that the chickens were laying double yokers. I'll never forget that. Obed Edom, listen. Obed Edom had that thing. I think for about two months in his house, and when it left, he did too. Yes. He found out where the presence of God is is the place he wanted to be. And he said, if God's getting up and getting out of here, hey, we're packing up, sell it. You can leave it for someone else. We're going with him. And he said, hey, he's a doorkeeper in the temple. He wasn't even a part of any of that. He just wanted to sign up. He just said, I want to be where God is. And you know what we see here? Michael, she missed out on the meeting. She missed out on the heeding. And she missed out on the needing. You know what was going on in this chapter? Israel had a desire for God. I mean, I'm talking about they began to seek out God. They wanted God to be among them. They wanted God's presence among them. They wanted his blessing. They wanted his power. They wanted him to be the center of their life. You can even read there at the beginning, and David said that there was a place. He said, notice this, bring up the ark of the Lord unto his place. Can I say, there is a place in your life for the Lord, and it's number one. It's the center. However you want to get it tonight, he's got to be there. And when and he's there, hey, that's when you'll find the fullness of joy. And we see here amongst the people, there was a great desire for God to be there. This whole chapter is about getting this ark there. There ain't even very many verses. You realize that there's 24 verses about setting up and preparing them, preparing themselves. Not only did they get the men in order, they had the men get themselves clean. They were, they, everything they wanted to do, they wanted to do it by the Scripture and approach God. Can I say there's a right approach to the Lord? And that's what the first 24 verses set up. There's only a couple verses of it moving. There was a lot of preparation there. Do you realize in them first 25 verses, 24 verses, the ark ain't moved a bit, but their hearts were moved. I mean, I'm talking about people was getting right. People was getting humbled. They were getting in the right place. You realize right here that there was some that was above older. There were some singers of first degree, whatever. You can go all the way through there. But what I'm trying to tell you is it didn't matter about them. It's where God wanted them to be. And they said, that's fine with me. We just want God. Can I say, there ought to be a hunger for the things of God. There are, in our heart, in our soul, we ought to have a yearning. We ought, to want to, hey, we ought to want to see God move. We ought to want to see God glorified and God lifted up. And that's what we find here. They wanted God amongst them. There was a great seeking of God amongst Israel. And there she is at the house. All Israel left her homes. Didn't worry about supper and all these other things we can worry about. Didn't worry about if they had groceries or any of all them things. They just said, listen, we need to get God here. Um, that's a revival right there. That's how we ought to want to desire. Can I say, we, I, I, we got a good thing going on here, I believe, with all my heart, but we can get more. Yeah, yeah we can get more. But the Lord is the source of our joy. And can I say something to you? Seeking him out. Seeking to get closer in your relationship to Jesus Christ will increase your joy. Mark it down. 
being around others. Thought about this. I can just, I'm going to use my imagination here, okay? I'm just telling you, this just me imagining it in my mind. But David's calling them all together. And I mean, we have two kids, so I'm sure if I lived on the street, there'd be a lot of y'all that's already here. We might be, we might, listen, we're coming to the meeting, but we might be there at about 11.59, you know what I mean? We might be there right before it starts. But can you imagine, I mean, we pass Allison and Jason and Ashley, all this Taze Valley crew, we pass them all the time, Megan and all them. We're coming up the interstate on Sunday morning. We're coming. But I think about looking out and seeing your neighbor. Where y'all headed to? we're We're going to the meeting. We're trying to get God in this place. Looking, looking down on another street and seeing all the cars out of the driveway heading to church. Y'all, y'all ain't getting in on this, but I mean, I'm feeling good about it. I pass all kinds of people who never leave on Sunday morning. What a joy it'd be. They don't have to come here. As long as they go to good Bible-believing church, I don't care where they go to worship the Lord. We ain't the only church. And I want to say, hey, I pray for other churches. I want God to move in other places. But what a joy it'd be if I pulled out of Marina Drive. And I was the last one out, and everybody, every family on that drive was heading to church. You think about your street. Think about looking and seeing all them people you know and you love and you pass by and you wave on other days. But they said, oh, yeah, we're going to church. They're going to the meeting. I want you to think I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me. And listen, thinking about how when we come here, I'm glad, aren't you glad to come to church? I'm glad to get, listen, I, I, I go and there's people, God's placed people in my life, they're good to me and things like that, but they ain't nothing like being around God's people. There, you cannot trade it. I'm an indebted to you all. I love God's people. It does something to my heart to be able to come and just to fellowship and to worship and to serve the Lord with God's people. And here's what I want to tell you something. Listen, she missed the needing, but had she got out, can I believe with all my heart, if we miss getting around God's people, we miss out on some help for our joy. I'll give you some scripture for it. Being around others who are seeking God will be a help to your joy. I pre- Listen, y'all ought to appreciate your pastor. I, I, I'm going to say something to you. He's always asking me questions I have no idea the answer to. And he thinks I ought to know them. And I say that because he's always seeking out in the Word of God. We ought to, pray, we ought to stop for a second and just say, Thank God for that, that he ain't getting his outlines on the intranet, that he ain't doing that. He's seeking out the Lord, seeking out the Word of God. Let me say something to you. That's a help to me, Tom. That's a help to me. We're not, well, listen, we're in a place, I believe with all my heart, you all are seeking out God. And here's what the Bible said. Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians 1 and 24. He said, not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy. She was at home when she could have been around people that could have helped her joy. I'm looking at a bunch of people that's helped my joy, is helping my joy, and will help my joy. 
Y'all look here, I'm not perfect and you're not perfect, but we're in this thing together. And I believe with all my heart we want to want to help one another. And listen, I'm talking about there's times it ain't me that's got the testimony, it ain't me that's got the song, but I've learned is when God gives it to someone else, hey, listen, I can drink from the saucer. I ain't got to be the one to do something. And someone else, I just get rejoice. I don't get upset at that. I say, praise God, pour it on them. We can drink from the saucer when he's pouring it out. But look here. Look around. You directly impact the joy of the people around you. If it's a scriptural-based thing, which is where joy comes from, we'll find that scripturally, when there's, a, when there's someone going through something, someone's struggling through something, the encouragement, the reminding of the promises of God, how we help one another, we're helpers of each other's joy. We ought to just praise God for that. I'm telling you what, God, God put the church to a point to edify one another. One way we do that is help each other's joy. You know what she missed out on? She missed out on all the needing. There was a great desire. She, was, she could have been around people that was desiring God. I mean, it got on here. I mean, it was good here. It got so good that it said the God helped the Levites. The Lord come down and said, listen, I'm going to help these men carry the ark. God himself did that. He helped them bear. He helped them in the service to God. I'm talking about it. It was good. And there could have been some people there. Listen to me. If you don't come to Sunday school, you may find some help for your joy there. You don't come on Wednesday night. Listen to me. You may find some help for your joy there. And if you're not here tonight and I'm preaching and you hear this on Sermon Audio or Facebook, listen to me. There's help for your joy in this place. You're surrounded by people. There's one thing I know about this church. You love God and you love one another. That's what I know that. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I thank God for it. But you know when she was at the house, she missed out on help for her joy. I'm telling you what, I'm glad for a place that seeks out God. Hey, we ought ought to do more of it. But she missed out on the meeting. She missed out on the heeding. She missed out on the needing. Y'all like how I like all this alliteration here? I did that for Tom. And she missed out on the proceedings. It's the best word I could come up with, so y'all pray for me. What I'm trying to tell you, look at verse 28. Well, look at verse 29. Well, verse 28 and 29, I'll read them both. Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting. Can I say something to you? Dorcas Meeks ain't coming back here, but God could raise one up. We need somebody to shout a little bit. Amen? Yeah. With the sound of the cornet and with trumpets and with cymbals and a making a noise with psalteries and harps. Notice this verse here. And it came to pass as the ark of the covenant of the Lord came to the city of David that Michael the daughter of Saul, looking out a window, saw King David dancing and playing. She was not a participant in the worship of the Lord. What should have been joy in her heart became bitterness to her own husband. Can I say something to you? Here's the devil's real good at this. If you ain't getting in and participating on the worship... He'll get you wondering why your kid wasn't the one in the play, why they didn't hold the Bible up on Sunday morning, 
why you didn't get solo or why you didn't get to sing or why they testifying or why is this and all this. And let me say this, yeah, I'm right right here. I'm so right, I'm preaching right on. If you ain't getting in on the worship, something's going to take place in your heart. And the devil sat over and tell you every problem that you can find in this place right here, and you know what? He's lying to you. There was worship. I mean, God was there helping them Levites. They were sacrificing. There was the blood there. Picture of Calvary. Thank God for Calvary. Can we just say praise God for Calvary tonight? Thank you that Jesus died on the cross and rose again the third day. You know what she was doing? She was just looking on. I mean, when it was getting on, hankies coming out, I mean... David just, I mean, just going on. And they wasn't sinning right there. He was just, they was obeying God. God was in the middle of that, so I know they wasn't sinning. I don't understand all them things. Listen, I'm not going to cut a rug up here. But I'll say this. Yeah. Thank God. I ain't going to do that. But I, I, here's, I don't, a lot of things I don't understand in Scripture, but I know if God was there and God was blessing it, that God would have stopped it if it was wrong. But all this good things is going on in Israel. Friends and family. God getting glory. God's people got right. Let me say something to you. If you don't get some sort of joy in your heart when someone gets saved or some, or some child of God gets right with God, there's something wrong inside of you. Something wrong. I mean, God was getting glory. This whole chapter is a glorious thing. They were getting it right. They were doing it right. God was helping them. And I mean, it was a time that God was going to come be amongst them and he hadn't been for the whole first king. And there she was, looking out the window, despising her own husband, despising God. Her despisal of David was a despisal of God because David was mine and the Lord despising the people that loved her, the people that was around her. Listen to me. We are made to worship Him. And when a child of God... All, everybody's made... Listen to me. You were created to worship and to please God. That's in the book of Revelation, chapter 4. I think it's the last verse, maybe like 12 in there, something like that. For all things were created for thy pleasure. That's why people's on the earth. You don't have to go to Twitter or Facebook or buy some psychologist. Don't call Dr. Phil. Look to Oprah. Hold on a second. Let this preacher tell you what your purpose is on the earth. Hey, your purpose is to please God. I got that from the Bible. People spend millions of dollars trying to find that. I'll give it to you for free. We're made to worship God. And when a child of God is not participating in worship of God, it greatly impacts your joy. I I know this and you know this. We live in a body of flesh. Jesus understands that. He sat down and witnessed one time. Y'all remember there was a whale there? He sat down on the whale. He was asleep in the boat. I know physically at times we don't always feel like it or feel it. But I'm telling you, there's seasons and times in our life that we may not be all that we can be, but we can give him the best that we can. 
We ought to worship him. If, and, and it's not just here. So let me grasp this to you. What takes place here, this, isn't, this better not be the only time we're worshiping. Now, we set apart this time on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night, and every night of the revival is set apart as a time to come and to worship God. But may I say, we don't just come here and turn worship on. We're supposed to bring worship with us. Our lives, Monday through Saturday, are to be worshiping. That, I mean, we do come here for that purpose, but tomorrow ought to be worshiping the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to set up a tabernacle in my house, but what I'm saying is we worship the Lord in our obedience. We worship the Lord in, in our looking to His Word in time of prayer. We, we, we worship and we obey Him. But I want you to grasp this. We ought to be worshiping, and if we're not worshiping God as a believer, we're missing out on joy. That's all there is to it. When we're not fulfilling our purpose, there's going to be some things missing. I'll leave on this. David said this one time in Psalm 51 after his sin and after he got, uh, got under conviction, he made this statement in Psalm 51 and 12 and he said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Can I say, if we're honest, and we all have, you've been saved in any amount of time, I'm glad God's gracious. Aren't y'all glad God's gracious? And I'm, I'm thankful when we have new converts. I'm, listen to me. I'm, we're, we're in a place that will help you grow. you got a, a new convert like a new baby. The only difference is God knows what he's doing, and I didn't when we had ours. But I think about it as a child, and I say this a lot of times with my kids. Micah now, he'll do something and sis will do something. But I say, Micah, you're seven and she's four. Now, they're both in the wrong. But at four years old, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said, Micah, don't do this and, 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 and done that that way as I would at seven because he's growing. Aren't you glad for a God of grace that helps us grow? We're not going to be perfect, and we never are, but there's times in our Christian life we, we need to grow to be joyful consistently. There's times that things overwhelm. If we're honest, there's times things overwhelm us and I don't think about the promises of God when I should. If we're honest. But we need to grow to that place. I believe we can look back in times of our life as we've looked back in season. We ought to see that there's, there's growth in our joy. In the consistency of our joy. We may have just come through something. We may be in it or coming out of it. But God wants us to be joyful at all times. And we can. But David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And I thought here tonight, maybe you've lost your joy. Maybe your joy is not what it should be or you want it to be. This would be a good time to get it right. Maybe there's some of the things in here that I preached about. And maybe it's an area of your life you need to work on that you know is impacting your joy. Can I say, if it's impacting your joy... They'll even tell you this. Psychologists will tell you these kind of things about trying your happiness and all these things, but they'll say if something's impacting... The other day, I've been cleaning my office out, and it's a work. And I, was, I thought, well, I'll get some tips. This was silly. I thought, I'll get some tips on how to organize and clean stuff up. 
What I end up doing is just throwing everything away. But that's just me. It's easier. But I turned it on. I put my phone on. There was some lady on here. And I mean, she began to, I mean, she was giving me all these psychology things. And I know it has something to do with that. But I was really just interested. How do you best organize books on a bookshelf? And how do you do all those things? But she began to go on. And I thought I'd listen for that like seven minutes while I was working in the room. And, and, but really what she was saying was, if it bothers you, get rid of it. But you know what we can find in Scripture? If there's things that's impacting the joy that you should have, you need to address those. It may be a change in the way you're living. It may be a change in something that's going on, but here's what I'm telling you. If you don't have the joy that you should, you ought to do something about it. Psalm 85 and 6. Judy, you come on. I'm done right here. We sing about this song. And this is the scripture that that song comes from. Will thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? You know what happens when we have revival? We have a restoration or renewal of our joy in the Lord. I mean, we're just reminded of the promises of God. May I say we can, we can stop we can stop, and we can spend the rest of our evening reminding ourselves of things God has promised us. I don't know maybe what you're going through, but let me say something to you. This will help you. He said he'd never leave us and never forsake us. That's what he said. It don't matter what we're going through. That's a promise of God. There's a source of joy even in an unhappy circumstance. We may find ourselves in those situations, but there's joy we can have. May I say we ought to guard our joy. Paul tells us throughout the book, go home and read the book of Philippians. You can listen. Scott Polly's going through it again on his podcast, goes through the whole book. Listen, there's joy and we should be joyful. Sometimes in Scripture we learn what not to do. In this case, Saul, who I believe, Michael's father, is the greatest example in Scripture of learning from somebody of something you should not do. Most of his life, he made the wrong decisions. And why? It's because he made decisions that were not scriptural. But as we look here at her life, and we look here at this, this wonderful time, this, this time of joy and, and great celebration and worship and all these things, and she missed out, I believe we can make that same application to us today. If you don't consistently have joy, you're struggling down, ask yourself this question, am I getting all the meetings I can get in? Am I, am I desiring God? Am I getting all the need? Am I around God's people? It helps me just come in this place. But there's help for your joy. And God loves you. Now let's bow our heads.